When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast, the Portal Podcast edition of the pod. I'm Billy Embody, Shay Dixon on the bottom right here, Matthew Bruni to my left on the That's screen, right. however you're looking at it. Uh, it's a trio of us today from the Bengal Tiger talking all things transfers with LSU. And we're going to jump right in because LSU did announce three transfer portal additions this week, uh, all three we knew we're going to be Tigers for the most part. Uh, and the first two come at a position that has been heavily addressed, cornerback. Uh, and let's lead off with Syracuse defensive back, Deuce Chestnut, uh, not only because his uh, last name is first in the alphabet, uh, but because I'm really high on what he's going to bring to LSU. Uh, let's start with Maddie B on this one because, you know, Deuce, you did the breakdown on uh, the transfer front. You've done him for all the transfers pretty much as far as what they're going to bring to the Tigers. Deuce Chestnut is intriguing. He's somebody that just seems like a playmaker at the cornerback position in the in the passing game. Uh, needs to work on his run, run fits just a little bit, his tackling. But give us your take on this one because he's a nice pickup with multiple years of experience remaining. Yeah, I mean, two, two years of starting experience uh, at Syracuse uh, as a freshman was – um, all freshman team, uh, I believe, was second in defensive player of the year voting uh, for a, fresh, a freshman defensive player of the year in the, the ACC. Uh, year two last year in uh, 2022, didn't have as many targets thrown his way for multiple reasons. One, Syracuse couldn't stop the run um, for anything. So I watched the Purdue, Florida State um, games and well, Wake Forest game as well. And they just ran all over Syracuse. So it wasn't a season where he had a lot of targets. Uh, they played a lot of soft zone. So I get the feeling that after a year like that, he's ready to put some some aggressive tape out there, you know, some one-on-one -on -one tape. Um, I think the speed's really impressive. I think the technique is really good, but he is a little undersized at times. Um, overall, I think it's a good pickup and uh, someone who could definitely compete. People are asking me if they, he could maybe start at nickel, um, I could see it, you know, uh, definitely. I, I My whole thing was last two years, they've gone kind of big at nickel. So maybe, you know, we'll see if they if they go a little smaller there. But he's definitely talented. Yeah, this is one guy that LSU sources told me is, look, he's a shade under 5'11", but plays a lot bigger than that. And if you put on the film, like Maddie B said, you see it. I could see him. LSU sources said he's a guy who could play in the nickel if they want to go a little smaller there because he is still physical. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a guy that can play that position or he can be, you know, an outside corner for you. I'll say this because it really paints the picture of where they're at with cornerbacks. They only returned two scholarship cornerbacks in seven banks from Ohio State a year ago. He came in. At Ohio State, he had a season-ending injury. Then he came to LSU. He had a season-ending injury at LSU. Didn't get much playing time, so you don't know really what his future holds. And then LaTerrence Welsh, who was a true freshman, but he only played on special teams. So 
you had no experience really at corner. You knew you were going to go out and have to flip the cornerback room with transfers. And they signed some high school guys, but this is a portal podcast. And I think the portal guys will be the first in line to see playing time. They signed Denver Harris already an A&M, what a freshman out of A&M who was a midseason all American. No doubt he will be starting. They signed Zai Alexander, who's been at the FCS level at Southeastern, but has been really good. Now they turn around and double that number again by signing Deuce Chestnut and J.K. Johnson, who we'll talk about in a second. I look at Chestnut and I see not only he's got production, but the experience. He has played two seasons at Syracuse and started all 24 games since he stepped on the campus. So he's going to come into the LSU. Yes, you're jumping in competition, but as a third-year college guy, he's already adjusted to the game. He's played a ton of football, literally as much football as allowed for a kid who's his age every single game he started. I love this addition. This is up there with Zy Alexander behind Denver Harris, but up there with Zy Alexander is the biggest impact addition I think they could have added to the cornerback room. Someone who just has double-digit, what, 20-plus starts under his belt, looks the part, and was coveted by a lot of teams. He had been in the portal since December and had kept things quiet, but a lot of teams were trying to get in on him. Ultimately, he picks LSU. Yeah, real, real quick, um, Billy, before I throw it to you, uh, it definitely is going to be a step up in competition. I mean, there are obviously some games in the ACC that um, you have easier times with, but he did also go against, you know, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest and Johnny Wilson um, from Florida State and guys like that. So um, I was he did take them on, uh, take on those challenges, and he has um, pretty good. Um, he did pretty well overall against them. Um, like I said, at times the size wasn't great going against those guys. Those guys are both six four, six fives, but overall, I think he's he's a good pickup. Yeah, definitely. I think the speed uh, aspect of him is good, you know, at least on tape. But one guy who has serious verified speed coming in, a former player at the high school level. For Robert Steeples, J.K. Johnson, the Ohio State defensive back, comes to LSU. Uh, he played for Robert Steeples. That's how long ago he was at DeSmit uh, before Robert Steeples went on to the Vikings and then was hired by LSU as their cornerbacks coach. I think this is a prime example, Shay, of LSU knowing a good bit about a player, knowing they still have to upgrade a position, but they want somebody that's going to have the buy-in uh, going to trust the coaching staff to give them the opportunity to compete um, and also maybe just needing a fresh start. You know, J.K. Johnson uh, kind of up and down a little bit at Ohio State, but played a ton of football for the Buckeyes. Uh, and I think this is just one of those natural transfer additions that just makes a lot of sense. I had a head coach tell me um, last night, actually, when talking about the portal, um, not a head coach, a coach on a college staff, said that, it almost feels like with portal guys, by and large, if you didn't recruit them at before when they were coming out of high school, if you didn't coach them somewhere else and coaches bounce around or have some sort of connection, you're so far behind the eight ball when these guys go into the portal because they have often so many connections at different schools that they can quickly just move on. J.K. Johnson's the perfect example, right, of – and we'll talk about another here um, in a minute with the defensive line or edge rushers. But Johnson, as you noted, is being recruited to LSU by a cornerbacks coach who was his head coach in high school just two years ago, three years ago, I guess you would say now. So it was built in that they had that rapport. 
You immediately know what you're getting in the kid. The kid knows what he's getting in the position coach. He's got another teammate now, too, from DeSmet on LSU's team, Makai Wingo, one of their best players, graduated in the same high school class as J.K. Johnson. LSU just signed Mac Markway out of DeSmet in St. Louis. So a uh, little bit of a pipeline there, at least coaching-wise and player-wise, but I like this one. And you mentioned speed. I know they <clears throat> run all these different metrics um, at LSU, uh, Marucci and guys like that head all that up, but they had him, and I guess they subscribed to all these different uh, platforms that track everybody's game speed as the fastest corner in the Big 12, excuse me, in the Big 10 uh, over the past two seasons. And I guess when he came down or at some point in the in kind of this process, he did some training and he was a 4-3-7 guy. So you're adding a player who, yes, he had been in and out of the lineup as a second-year guy at Ohio State in terms of starting and then being a backup, but he's got speed that the room doesn't have. So that's an, a big ad for me just in that regard. Someone who is long, someone who – um, has legit SEC kind of length and size for a corner, but it's got that speed that the other guys just don't have. And I think that was lacking a bit in the cornerback room this past season for LSU. So we'll be interesting to see how he fits in. And guys, Matty B, you can give your take if you want here. I could see a way where LSU is starting transfers at every single position in the defensive backfield because at safety, Major Burns and Greg Brooks are probably your two best options if Greg Brooks isn't playing nickel. Greg Brooks came from Arkansas. Major Burns yeah. came from Georgia, albeit not this year. Years in the past. But then at corner, Denver Harris is going to start. Zy Alexander or a guy like J.K. Johnson could start. And certainly Deuce Chestnut, whether it's nickel or, or outside corner, has an inside mm -hmm. track to start. I could see all five positions, if you got a nickel out there, being transfers. Yeah, that's a very, very viable um, route that they could take. Uh, my thing with J.K. Johnson is um, I feel like what we said about Denver Harris, about he has all the tools and everything like that. Um, obviously, Denver had a little bit more production in his time on the field. But J.K. Johnson, you get a similar type vibe from that. I mean, he's top 50 player out of high school in the 2021 class. I mean, the, the speed is there. I think – he is really – he is kind of that man corner that kind of Denver Harris is as well, um, probably more so than I, Alexander, um, and Deuce Chestnut are. So it's kind of like they're checking off a lot of boxes with these guys. They're having guys that can fill different roles. Obviously, Zai is a 6'3", kind of longer guy. Deuce Chestnut's a little smaller, good technique, could play nickel. Um, and then J.K. Johnson is, a, you know, six foot. I think he needs to fill out just a little bit, still under 180 or was under 180 when they uh, logged him in the roster on, at Ohio State. But, I mean, six feet tall, um, good speed, I think really aggressive in man coverage. I think that can grow into being a really impressive uh, man corner. And uh, my thing here is we saw last year they took Jarek Bernard Converse and Makai Gardner kind of as one-year stopgaps. I mean, it feels like all these guys have the potential to be multiple-year guys, even if whether they're starting or not. Um, I mean, obviously, they could come in and light it up, or J.K. could come in and do great and go off to the NFL, sure. But between Denver, Zai, Deuce, and J.K., it feels like you couldn't get two years out of all these guys. I don't know. That's just the feeling I have. But, yes, it definitely is a secondary that could be um, – transfer heavy i mean i don't even know who they could 
Um, who else is in the running besides, I guess, Sage Ryan at nickel and guys like that? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that front too, with the multiple years thing. And I, and I think they've been very particular about who they've gone after at certain positions across the board, but corner and, and safety, especially, you know, that whole secondary, they want guys that can replace a ton of guys who have left the program over the past couple of years in the secondary and rebuild that from a scholarship numbers perspective. They had to go about it this way. Uh, you mentioned the transfers. They've also got JV and Tobiano, Ashton Stamps, um, and Jeremiah Hughes now really starting off at corner, it seems like. Uh, and that is now solidified the room for the next couple of years. They can go out uh, in 2024 and, and really try to round out that, that class with some elite prospects. They've already got a couple of commits. But as far as transfers go, I completely agree. I think this is a you know example of them being very particular about who they go after. We know they could have and, and did go after a couple other guys that ended up elsewhere. But I think this is a great, great way to retool the roster and get the scholarship scholarship situation on the right front. Yeah, I'm, and like we said, I'm glad they're they feel flexible. These guys, um, like Zai, even if they wanted to move him to safety, like in theory, and uh, like a Jerick Bernard Converse type role he had last year, so they feel flexible. Um, they definitely have enough names in the room now between these four um, transfers, and then you still have Latarence Welsh, and then you bring in, you know, a guy like Jeremiah Hughes and um, a bunch of the the freshmen that are going to come in, Javian and Toviano, and stuff like that. So they. I think they're set quarterback position. Is is that is that fair? They're not adding anybody else. I don't think you have to. I think that you've added four transfers who all come with playing time and experience, and now you've got a, as you mentioned, a handful of incoming freshmen plus a couple of guys returning. Um, it you're in a way better position than you were previously. Obviously, when they only had two guys that were returning on scholarship, and you drove home the point, Maddie B, that I think wraps up the discussion well. This was a multi-year rebuild at corner. Now it feels like at least through that rebuild, it's not all grad transfers again. So for the first time, you can move through a season knowing, hey, we're bringing probably all these guys back again the next season. That gives you a chance to develop, really feel out everybody's roles. Uh, and it's not just kind of a one-year, hey, we need to get everything we can out of them right now. So I will not be surprised if they don't add any more corners because I think they've gone a pretty long way towards fixing that room and, and being more than uh, capable of competing there and having depth next season. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, boys, we transition to another familiar name for the LSU coaching staff with head coach Brian Kelly having had him on his roster at Notre Dame, Texas Edge defender, Ovi Agofu is transferring to LSU for his uh, final year of college eligibility. He's a grad transfer uh, coming over from Austin. He started 12 of 13 games in 2022 for the Longhorns. Had a sack and a half, so not necessarily somebody who jumps out at you as a pure pass rusher. But uh, this is a position that with Deshaun Womack, the five-star uh, edge prospect, coming to campus. They signed Jackson Howard as well as the at the position. 
and then Oregon transfer Braden Swinson. They needed a look, another piece of depth there with Xavier Carter to the transfer portal. I think this is a, a pickup that you kind of come in with probably, you know, just mid-level expectations. You want him to be a rotational guy, be a leader. Um, I think Brian Kelly's experience with him uh, at Notre Dame says a lot that they want to bring him back. And then you can kind of have him be a leader for Deshaun Womack as far as how they want him to, uh, you know, adjust to college uh, and learn how to be basically a pro. Um, it's business at uh, the SEC level without a doubt. And you want somebody who can be that leader. So uh, we've got the Ovechkin, Ovi nickname, uh, jersey up on the wall for Ovi Agofu. Uh, Shay, this is one that uh, came together really over, especially the last probably week and a half was when the buzz really picked up. It felt like uh, he got on campus last weekend. Uh, this was one that uh, LSU uh, had no problem taking, and and it made a lot of sense. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll explain in simple terms why this one makes perfect sense for me. They were after other edge rushers. Gilbert Edmond, South Carolina, was one that they were after and brought in on the same weekend that Agofu visited. He ends up at Florida State. It seemed like a no-brainer at that point that they were going to give the green light to Agofu and really push to get him in the group. And here's why. At the jack position, which is the stand-up edge rusher, we saw B.J. Ojolari start there. When they tried to put Harold Perkins there to just let him rush the passer, you know, Ojolari started going down to the DN spot, putting his hand in the dirt. Ali Gay would come off the field. But that position belonged largely to B.J. Ojolari. Well, he's headed to the NFL draft. And a couple, number of your edge rushers, the backups, Desmond Little and Xavier Carter, entered the portal. So you signed five-star Deshaun Womack, who – the more people I talk to firmly believe between Zalance Hurd, offensive tackle, a five-star, and Deshaun Womack, a five-star edge rusher, those are head and shoulders the best players LSU signed. They're also the highest-ranked players LSU signed, so no surprise there. But how quickly can Womack be ready? Now, he's an early enrollee. He'll be there for the spring. But from talking to multiple sources at LSU, they say the goal is for Deshaun Womack to be our starter. But is he there right away? Is he there for the Florida State game, ready to roll as your starter, carrying all the reps? Well, probably not, and certainly not playing every snap. So what can you do to bridge the gap? They took Braden Swinson out of Oregon, who a Georgia native. He gets to come back home, and he gives you multiple years left, right? So he gives you depth at the position. He's a guy who potentially could start there until Womack's ready or at least split reps. But with the guys hitting the portal, yeah, you signed Jackson Howard as an edge rusher. Well, I was talking to a source last night. Jackson Howard, they think, can get up to 280 and play anywhere along the defensive line with the frame that he has. His dad played in the NFL as a defensive lineman. So you almost count him more as, okay, he'll probably play with his hand in the dirt, not so yeah. much an edge rusher. They signed Dylan Carpenter as an edge rusher out of Santa Ma. He's in that same mold. He's got the frame where he can play with his hand in the dirt as well. So if you're looking at the pure pass rush guys, you had Swinson come in from Oregon. You got Womack coming in. Who else can you really bring in to help that group out? A guy like a Gofu makes perfect sense. Brian Kelly and them have coached him and recruited him at Notre Dame for three years. He goes to Texas. As you mentioned, Billy, you start double-digit games and you only have a sack. It's not incredible production at all. But what he will do and what you have to have is when they go through spring ball and when they go through off-season workouts and fall camp, you want that leader at the position where when Jamar Kane is sending guys through drills, he knows how to do it every time. He's helping bring guys like Womack along. He's helping bring younger guys, even like Swinson along. And 
he can give you reps. I look at it a lot like a basketball roster when people, you know, you've got a guy who plays eight to 10 minutes. Well, no, he doesn't start. And that wasn't ever the goal for him. The goal was that he comes in and gives us minutes that allows our other guys, whether younger to get ready and bides them time or others to not have to play every snap and not have to play every minute of the game. Mm -hmm. So I see a Gofu as that he's for me, like a seventh, eighth man in basketball, that's going to come in and give you some reps and help bring guys along, but you're not expecting him with one year left to like start every game for you. And all of a sudden go from one sack to 10 sacks. It's more of, Hey, this is someone who can lead the room. This is someone that can give us valuable reps. If one of those guys gets hurt or just isn't ready, whatever it might be, it's a nice depth piece and they have scholarship spots to give out. They're not tight on scholarships. So I know a lot of people saw this one and were like, well, Texas said he wasn't great for it. That doesn't matter to me because the role he needs at LSU is not the role he was being used at at Texas. Yeah. I think that, I mean, defensive line depth was number one priority pretty much for this coaching staff. And it has been addressed um, tenfold, really. And so this is just kind of, like you said, another piece to add to that. And it's a sixth-year player, someone who Brian Kelly has coached. I mean, like you said, it's a it's a veteran that will help Womack in this defensive line room moving forward. And not for nothing, I mean, Brayden Swinson, while I think he has potential and some talent, I th- don't think he's – I don't think he was the best option as far as backup Jack goes. And so if Ovi can come in and – be that second option to John Womack, or even like you said, maybe start games and Womack or just give them a nice one, two combination there. Cause I don't know how ready Swinson will be. So um, I haven't, ch- I haven't watched the tape yet, but I mean, five years of college, high level college football, you at least know what you're getting from, from Ovi. No doubt. And we know what we're getting uh, with our podcast sponsor. Uh, we are here to talk about road shop right now. Um, we are, Thrilled to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. And look, I got back uh, from San Antonio, the All-American Bowl, and there was the box uh, from Mr. Rogue, uh, a non-three subscriber, that's his username, um, and his wife, Shar. Uh, we really, really appreciate them getting everything to us uh, for this. Shay, uh, you've got yours, I believe, now, too. Uh, this is a big, big deal for us at the pod. Uh, and this is a, a CBD company uh, out of Wisconsin. They grow everything organically. Everything's handpicked. Everything's uh, you know made by hand. Uh, they're not a huge uh, manufacturer of uh, this stuff. And look, um, when you're looking at uh, you know people with anxiety, people with sleep issues, um, stress, uh, joint pain, things like that. Um, I tried the pain cream the other night. Uh, I'd been driving back from Florida, been driving uh, from San Antonio, and was just my back was killing me. And rubbed some on it and slept like a rock. Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, and so for me, you know, getting back into playing hockey with our spring league, that'll be key as well on other parts uh, of my body. Uh, Richard is a, a veteran, uh, his wife, C- a certified CBD consultant. Uh, this is really something we're excited about. And Shay, um, you know, I just think that when you look at these small shops, uh, these are the type of people, especially that uh, we want to be partnered with. And, um, you know, every time you log on the, the site, uh, there's Shar, there's Richard uh, to answer questions in a live chat. It's pre- pretty awesome. Yeah, I just put my most recent order in uh, a couple of days ago, and it's already about to be delivered today. So they're quick with everything. Uh, we do have the promo code, Billy Bingle Tiger. If you're on the roguedshop.com, 
checking out, use the Bengal Tiger. That gets you 10% off. Uh, so out of the gates really saves you any shipping and a little bit extra. So check out their website. It's like you said, Billy, you've got pain cream. They've got all different levels of gummies or, um, you know, whether it's tinctures or whatever your oil, whatever you're into. Um, we saw the hot cocoa uh, on there. Uh, if it's getting a little cold wherever you're at, uh, but check them out. They've been great to us. They're sponsoring a lot of different on three um, sites right now with podcasts and different things. So uh, we want their business to go up. They want ours to go up. Um, yeah, check them out. Rogueshop.com. I'll report back next week of what my new batch uh, is all about. Shea Reviews segment. Yeah. <laughs> Love no it. Problem. Well, well, thanks. Thanks so much to Rogue Shop. Again, Bengal Tiger is the promo code for 10% off. Uh, their shop is licensed by USDA uh, and tested in uh, Botanicor and ACS Labs. So you know you're getting good stuff just, despite it being uh, just a husband and wife outfit veteran owned check them out rogueshop.com guys we transition uh into the final portion of the transfer portal podcast now and this is probably where people love to speculate people love to talk about well what's next it's like you get a transfer well what's next who's the next next guy on the list uh shay kind of break down a little bit for us where the scholarship situation is for lsu and as the days are ending on this transfer portal window, uh, this is going to be it potentially as far as who they could target over the next couple months uh, to address some needs. Yeah. So right now I've got them, I'm looking at my scholarship chart. I have them at 77 of 85 scholarship spots filled. Now I'm only using initial counters. What an initial counter is, is someone who signed with you out of high school on scholarship, which is obviously renewable across their four or five years in college, or they committed and signed grant and aid as a transfer, whatever it might be, they were initially on scholarship. That's what an initial counter is. So guys like Josh Williams, who started at running back, Damian Ramos, who started at kicker, um, Jack Mashburn, who a couple of years ago was starting at tight end, those guys walked on and then earned scholarship. So I'm not including them in the 77 of 85, but won't be surprising if Josh Williams or Ramos or even a guy like Mashburn is on scholarship. So I've got them, what, 77 of 85 would be eight open spots. If you are giving scholarships to guys like I just mentioned, maybe you're at five open spots, six open spots, something like that. Um, but given they've already signed 25 high school guys, they've already now landed 10 guys in the portal. That's 35 new guys having even five open spots is a good bit. So they've got wiggle room here. I'll offer this back up to y'all. I've got my opinion on what it being a biggest position of need, I think is. And I think it's obvious, at least for me, but of the 10 guys they've signed four are corners, four are defensive linemen, edge rushers. One is a wide receiver. And am I missing one more or, or five defensive line and edge rushers now? Is it five? Ovia Gofu, Parashand, Braden Swinson, Jordan Jefferson, and Jalen Lee. Lee. Okay, so five of the ten, half of the guys are defensive linemen. So very clearly that was a point of emphasis. When Brian Kelly talked after signing day in December, and this was before he even announced the first wave of transfer portal additions, he said D-line and corner. Well, five of the ten are D-linemen four corners and now one Aaron Anderson is a receiver. So 
I feel like corner and D-line got addressed. And obviously, the wide receiver addition really answers or addresses your return man as well because Aaron Anderson is an excellent punt and kick returner. So if we had moved into the offseason saying D-line, corner, and kick returner, places you need to go get better at, they've done it. So with these final five to eight spots or whatever, y'all's opinion. I, I have mine. It's very clear what I think the number one target area is, but I want to hear what y'all think. I'll go. I'll go away from from the obvious one. Well, I mean, there's there's no need besides linebacker. Like I think linebacker is the only need. Um, my question is, do you think they at some point continue to go after another center because they went after Renfro? And that didn't work out. He went to Wisconsin. So you're like, okay. Um, I don't think center is a desperate need. Turner, you have uh, Marlon Martinez. You have Chester coming in. I think there's enough there. But for a team that is looking to compete for a championship from here on out, pretty much, like even though it's still a rebuild, they're still going to be looking to compete for a championship and when, you, when you return as much as they do. And you can start nitpicking on, on offense. You can say they don't have an elite running back. Um, I think, and then I think center is really the only other position on offense where you can nitpick. And so, do you go look for a center at this point moving forward? Um, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm not sure how aggressive they're going to be. Or maybe Renfro was their one that they're like, hey, we can take a home run swing on him if we miss and we move on. But the center position is something I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to look for in the portal. Um, that. And then I've maintained, you know, running back would be an interesting add even, but that kind of depends on John Emery if he stays or if he goes. I think linebacker is the biggest need and and that's my biggest need as well. Um, you know, Whit Weeks loved what I saw from him at the All-American Bowl. He's somebody that uh, was really, really impressive athletically. And then of course they signed Christian Brathwaite uh, out of the Houston area. But I think my biggest need, if I can choose any position for them to go after uh, like Matty B alluded to, uh, an explosive running back, somebody that can really pop that huge run. Um, I say that while, while also saying that Caleb Jackson, if he's healthy, if he's all um, back and ready to go, which uh, he's preparing for track, preparing for another run at a, at a state title in, in the 100, if he's that guy again, that could be uh, your home run hitter. Um, obviously, Armani Goodwin's going to be recovering from injury. Um, they, they have some question marks at running back. I would love to see them pick up a guy with multi-years uh, that can hit the hole and pop an 80-yard run. Um, we just haven't really seen it too much uh, from this group. And, you know, Caleb Jackson's probably the guy out of uh, him and Trey Holly who really has that potential at the next level to be uh, a true, you know, 80-yard, 70-yard type touchdown run maker from time to time. So, for me, I would love to see them go after an explosive back. I think that could completely change everything on offense. We know they have a great receiving core. They've got a really good young tight end in Mason Taylor, some tight end talent coming to the roster. The offensive line uh, returns all five starters and, and adds some more key pieces there uh, in the recruiting class. But I'd love to see them go after a running back. I think they're missing that true explosive back uh, in the backfield. I'm in the camp. I guess I'm a little different. And I, I no doubt think linebacker is priority number one. And from because right now going through a spring ball, they can only fill out a two deep, which Harold Perkins would have to actually be counted into that, too. It'd be Harold Perkins and Greg Penn as the first team linebackers. And then the two weeks brothers as the second team linebackers. 
And then Braithwaite, their only other linebacker that they have, doesn't get here until the summer uh, as a high school enrollee. I look at running back, though, and people can disagree with me through this lens. If John Emery is staying, and we will know the January 16th, which is Monday, uh, is the deadline for players to declare for the draft. If he does not declare for the draft, he's coming back. If he comes back, I don't see any need to add a running back through the portal. They have plenty of running backs on roster, plus Jaden runs it. I think they'd be good. My thing right now, especially when you look at if they did not have Emory, I would go into the portal. Why I think that if Emory stays, if Emory were like in the portal out there right now, I would take him over any running back that's in the portal because I think he's that valuable. Like people would look at John Emory and be like, oh, we can do something with him. Like he sparked in some huge spots for LSU. And he did. I mean, the Florida game, um, a number of games. I think he scored a couple of times in the and they lost, obviously. Um, Auburn, they've one. needed big plays. He's come through for them. Yes, he's had fumbling issues. Yes, he's at times given up his reps to guys like Josh Williams and Noah Kane, but I still have faith that John Emery can do something for him. And if anything could be that big playback that you talk about, really needs the could he be that in his final year? Um, I think that's some of the biggest news you kind of wait on this offseason to see if he's part of the team or not. Um, again, linebacker for me, I know for a fact they're looking at every linebacker in the portal, whether that's getting one now, whether that's getting one after the spring, they will get a linebacker or two out of the portal. I have no doubt about that. I'm curious as we wrap up here, if safety is in a spot they look at. And I know that they have two starters in Greg Brooks and Major Burns, but that would require moving Greg Brooks away from nickel and starting him at safety. You've got Sage Ryan as a safety, but he's also played nickel and he's kind of been hit and miss, but he's young. But those are your only three guys. I mean, Jordan Allen is listed as a safety. He's a nickel. He's a nickel. Yeah. Kylan Jackson, Ryan Yates, Doherty. These are high school safeties you signed that probably aren't going to be ready in year one. And then two of the better high school safeties you signed in Toviano and Stamps are actually playing corner to start out because you've got such worry about depth there. Maddie B mentioned it. Maybe some of these guys shuffle around. The safety room gets a little bit deeper. But if may, if something happens to Major Burns, who's already been injured this year, you know, this past year, or Greg Brooks, who went wire to wire playing, you're suddenly like, man, we've got Sage Ryan, one veteran, and that's it. And now we're relying on other guys to Langwa to get healthy, some young guys to actually step up uh, and play without much experience. So I'd be interested to see if they don't keep an eye on the portal, if a big safety went in and they said, hey, look, that guy could help us with depth or that guy could be a starter and let us keep Greg Brooks at nickel. That's, I like it, that. Go ahead, Billy. It's before noon. It's before 11 as we're recording this. Maddie B, grab your favorite cold beverage. Shay, run down the street. Superior will open for you. I'll go grab a bourbon. What about defensive tackle, guys? Where are we? Where are we <laughs> oh, <playing>? God. <laughs> here's, here's how defensive tackle was explained to me by a source. Obviously, Justin Rogers, a true nose tackle, has gone to move from Kentucky to Auburn. LSU wants to be multiple, so they want to have some nose tackle looks. So the nose tackles will be Guillory. Jordan Jefferson, who comes in as an interior 300-plus pounder from West Virginia. And then they're going to keep Fitzgerald West on the defensive line. We saw him playing some nose tackle in the bowl game uh, when you know behind Guillory or kind of at the same time sometimes. But 
They also feel like guys like Paris Shan can move around on the defensive line. Mason Smith can move around on the defensive line. Makai Wingo can move around on the defensive line. Um, guys, even we mentioned Jackson Howard is a guy who can end up moving down and playing along the defensive line. So when they want to go true nose tackle looks, they feel like it'll be Guillory and Jefferson. And then Jalen Lee can give you some snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned Fitzgerald West being there. So I think just through the additions of some versatile high school guys, but at least some portal guys like Jefferson, like Lee, and then the emergence of Guillory in the bowl game and across the season, but the departure of Roy Jaquel, and I think will really open the door for Guillory to take another step, see more playing time, have a bigger role. And then Fitzgerald West has a year under his belt and he looks solid. So I do not consider D tackle to be a worry that I did a month ago when they didn't have a lot of these guys coming in and on roster or signed yet. For the record, I don't think it's a it's a worry for me. I love what they have in that room now, and and they built up that depth too, which was important. And you covered that well, Shay. So, but I had to stir the pot just a little bit. It was on, good for the memes. Front. So, um, well, guys, uh, anything else to add? I don't think so. Uh, we have covered it. Uh, all the transfer portal news. Lots more, I'm sure, in the next week. We'll find out if any other guys enter when the, uh, that portal window finally closes next week. Uh, the NFL draft deadline, as Shea said, is Monday. So we'll see if there are any surprises or more transfer news to cover. We'll do that next week on another edition of the Transfer Portal podcast. But before we go, the dollar for a year is gone for the Bengaltiger.com. But now for $30, you can get access to the Bengaltiger.com until September. So you get all off season with us for 30 bucks and the Bengal Tiger Founders Club's hat hat are still available. If you haven't gotten yours yet, look for the instructions on the board. We bump them up every time uh, or every couple days or so. Uh, there you go. Matty B's got it on. Um, and if you can't find it still, DM, DM us, the Bengal Tiger, uh, email me, whatever, and we'll get you set up with the instructions. It takes just a couple minutes to get your hat on the way to you. So if you've subscribed and haven't gotten your hat, look on the site for the instructions or DM us, email us. We appreciate all you guys who have subscribed. Uh, this is uh, year one of the Bengal Tiger under our belt. Uh, just a couple days ago was the one-year anniversary. So thank you guys uh, for subscribing and joining us. It's been a hell of a ride, and it's only going to get better. So for Shay Dixon and Matthew Bruni, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast, and we will catch you guys with another edition next week. Thanks for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.